This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moore and McFarlane. It's Monday the 26th of February. In your squiz today... Trump notches a win, the search for a Sydney couple continues, the Tillies are a step closer to the Olympics, and Curtis Stone's big gig. This is your Squiz today. Siobhan, we've spoken about the US Republican primaries a few times now, and things really heated up over the weekend. Former US President Donald Trump won in South Carolina with at least 60% of the vote. He beat his last remaining rival, Nikki Haley, who was his ambassador to the UN. And the reason that's notable is because South Carolina is her home state. Yeah, that's exactly right, Alice. And that outcome was so widely expected that the result was called almost as soon as the polls closed. But despite the defeat, Haley has vowed to keep on fighting, saying she doesn't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden and that she has a duty to give Republican voters an alternative choice. But Trump, who has now won South Carolina, Iowa, New Hampshire and Nevada, says the party has never been so unified behind him. And it seems the pundits agree, saying it would be extremely difficult for Haley to gain the Republican nomination at this point. As you say, though, Siobhan, Haley hasn't been put off just yet. Her team says it's spending a seven-figure sum on more campaign ads ahead of Super Tuesday on the 5th of March, which is when 15 states and one territory will vote. She's also on a cross-country tour to promote herself, and she's starting with Michigan's primary tomorrow. Yes, but even that might not be enough to help her, Alice, unless something truly catastrophic rocks Trump's campaign. That could include his extensive legal woes, which now includes 91 felony charges and an ever-increasing legal fee bill and several fines. They could tank his chances with voters, but so far all of that has actually just reinvigorated his support base. Now, as for the Democrats, current President Joe Biden is almost certain to win the Democratic nomination again, even though recent polling shows that he's not popular among young voters. And that is, of course, on top of the ongoing concerns about his 81 years of age. Yeah, but despite those issues, senior Democrats reckon there's no one who could replace Biden at this this point. So it is increasingly likely that the US will see a repeat of the 2020 election with a Trump-Biden rematch on the 5th of November. That scene some describe the vote as being all about which man Americans think is the least bad option. Yeah, and just to mention here that Biden's age was, of course, the headline issue of our first ever News Club podcast in which Claire and Kate focused on the growing discussion about the suitability of the candidates for the upcoming US presidential election. Now, if you haven't heard that yet, search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow. And you can also join the conversation on Instagram at The Squiz News Club. 
Siobhan, New South Wales police detectives are still searching for the bodies of former 10 presenter Jesse Baird and his partner Luke Davies. As part of the search, they re-entered Baird's Sydney home yesterday to look for clues. Yes, and police divers were also focused on searching a waterway in Newcastle and a dam near Goulburn. That's where they're going to pick things up this morning. Of course, Alice, we mentioned this case briefly on Friday, but since the search for Baird and Davies was made public, on Thursday night, a fair bit has happened. The main thing is that Baird's ex-partner, who is a serving New South Wales police officer, Beau Lamar Condon, was arrested. He handed himself in on Friday and police are still questioning him about the whereabouts of the couple. Yeah, they are, but reports say that he's refusing to speak to homicide detectives. Now, New South Wales Police Commissioner Karen Webb is expected to make a statement on the case today, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Siobhan, the body of Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny has been handed back over to his mother nine days after his death at an Arctic penal colony. So last week, Navalny's mother said Russian authorities were blackmailing her into holding a secret funeral for her son. Now, he was, of course, in jail on extremism, fraud and embezzlement charges, which he strongly and repeatedly denied. He was widely considered the biggest threat to Russian President Vladimir Putin's hold on power. And there's been a huge outpouring of grief from his supporters, both in Russia and across the world since his death. Yeah, that's right. And hundreds of those mourners have been arrested at memorials across Russia, which has prompted speculation about his funeral. Navalny's spokeswoman says the plans for it are still up in the air, but critics say that the Kremlin's concern is that a public funeral could spark broader protests against Putin's leadership. And if you want to hear a little bit more about Alexei Navalny and how his death might affect the future of Russian democracy, we've got a Squish Shortcut episode for you. I'll pop the link to it in your episode notes today. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN pn.com forward slash squiz today. Siobhan, I loved watching the Tillies in action again on Saturday. The soccer stars, or football stars, <laughs> came out on top of their first Olympic qualifier against Uzbekistan. Yeah, we've got to call it football. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I have to say, Matilda's fever is still running very high in my house as well. Now, with this latest match, they won that 3-0 in the home team's capital of Tashkent. And the star of the match was really Michelle Heyman. She's the 35-year-old striker who had a surprise recalled to the team earlier this month to fill in for the injured star captain, Sam Kerr. Now, Heyman nabbed the team's first goal after a scoreless first half, which she says was a dream come true. And that was quickly followed by goals from Mary Fowler and Caitlin Ford. 
Reports say the winners helped the Matildas all but lock in their journey to the Paris Olympics, but they do still have a final match against the Uzbeks. Yes, but it is in front of a friendly crowd. They'll play in front of 50,000 people at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne on Wednesday night. Their coach, Tony Gustafsson, says the team won't underestimate Uzbekistan, but he's challenged his players to convert a few more goals. These awards sprung up on me out of nowhere, Siobhan. (laughs) The Screen Actors Guild Awards, or the SAG Awards, were held yesterday. And Aussie celebrity chef Curtis Stone played a starring role. He certainly did. So he added some Aussie flavour to the proceedings by feeding the 900 guests and preparing a whopping 9,000 after-party canapes. Now, no doubt a lot of those were chomped down by the Oppenheimer gang because the film once again (laughs) took home the most awards of the night. There was still no love for Barbie, though, even though Margot Robbie put on her best happy-just-to-be-nominated face. And when it came to the fashion, there seemed to be two very different codes, as some stars dressed in colours as muted as the grey, not-red carpet, while others went for a frenzy of fuchsia ruffles and fringes, Alice. Yes, there was absolutely no in-between there. And (laughs) Meryl Streep might have had something to say about that. She had my favourite moment of the night. She dressed up as her alter ego, Miranda Priestly from The Devil Wears Prada, and Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway even made some cameos on stage with her. Yeah, that was very cool. Everybody wants the sequel to that. Squeeze the day, Siobhan. Anything to mention? So this morning, former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian will be back in court at about 10.15am Sydney time, and she'll be asking the Court of Appeal to overturn a corruption finding made against her by the Independent Commission Against Corruption. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one. Yeah, good one. And that's it for us today. Have a great start to the week. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies.